What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameri Braid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I'm your host, Noah from Indiana River Forge. With me, as always, Ryan from Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works. Hello. And our guest this week is Jordan from JB Blades. Welcome, buddy. How's it going? How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Doing pretty That's good. good. I, I just want to start off because there's something that is really, the, the, the listeners have no idea, but behind you is my drug of choice. And that is a wall of handle material. I'm sure anybody who follows you has probably seen it. You've posted pictures of it and stuff before. But uh, I just got to ask, how many how many blocks do you think you've got behind you? Well, I have about five or six hundred on the wall. So it's essentially an eight by four sheet of plywood with rows. And then I have... I probably have another six or eight small, uh, large flat rate boxes full of, of wood. And that's just the wood. That's not the ivory, the uh, uh, carbon fiber, the G10. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an addiction. But I it mean, really it makes is. it a lot easier to have, to have that because at a glance, you can see exactly what you got instead of having to dig through drawers and... Oh man, it, it made it a world of difference, especially for your customers to be able to see. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. I always like it when they're like, well, what do you have? And I'm like, well, what do you want? I, we have to hoard it. All of us. Yeah. It's like, you got to do you it. Might be the, I think you might be the worst hoarder that we, I mean, the best um, selection, that, however you want to say it there, uh, <laughs> that we've had on the show. Because, uh, I mean, I've got probably, I don't know, between, because I do full tang and, uh, hidden tang and stuff. So I've got probably uh, between 50 and a hundred sets to scales. And then I know I have at least 50 blocks. Oh yeah. And I thought I was bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. You're, I, uh, you're next level. I, yeah. It's, it was a definitely, definitely an addiction. Uh, and then I'm a uh, co-owner in the stag depot. So I have tons of, you know, stag too. So yeah, it, uh, it's sometimes hard to choose, you know, if you get to yeah. be the one to actually pick, it's like, man, I don't have a clue. I don't, know what kind of, I don't know what kind of mood I'm actually in to be able to do it, you know? So, yeah, no, that's, that's one of the, one of the, uh, one of the great things. And one of the kind of, it's sometimes difficult is when a customer says, yeah, just, just do what you want, you know, like just have at it and, you know, 
if they give that. you a certain well if if you give it if they give you a certain amount of parameters it's really good because if they're like okay well it needs to be like this long and i like this color go for or it. i don't you like know? this color you know it's like yeah, okay, exactly. that's, what what don't you like you know let's mm-hmm. talk about that and every time they say a color that. they don't like it's always the one that you were thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely it can the truth. be so the Stag Depot, I don't think I've heard of that before. What what exactly is that? You say you're a co-owner? What, so uh, me and Spencer Applin, probably uh, three and a half, four years ago, uh, he had been wanting to start uh, buying and sourcing Sambar from uh, overseas because, you know, the stuff from India you can't get anymore. And the stuff that came from India is already here. and um, so we started sourcing it from Australia and, uh, they're a little bit smaller, but, uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of people that were getting it and getting really premium stuff. And so, yeah, we've been doing it and that's actually what, whenever we go to shows, uh, we'll just go as that and bring a few hundred pieces and just enjoy the show. So if you don't gotcha. have to sell anything, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so Right on. So so I met you at, at Blade this last year, the main uh, Blade in Atlanta. So did you guys have a booth there? Because I just saw you walking around and no, hanging out. No, so I decided that uh, uh, Koi, uh, Koi Baker asked me if, if I wanted to come and hang out, which I've never done. I've always been behind a table or behind a booth or... Um, so two years ago was the last year we went to Atlanta and this last year or this year rather, uh, we just went to hang out and that was a lot of fun, you know, would you say you prefer being behind a table or you, you prefer the, uh, the free reign, you know, it's, it has its pros and cons. So, you know, you have a, a lot of places to walk around and, a lot more freedom. If you feel like going to dinner at five o'clock that night, you know, you can, you know, do whatever you want. It's not mentally exhausting like it is behind a table. You know, you're mm. sitting there talking to somebody the whole time, but it's a uh, more physically exhausting, constantly walking around the whole show. Um, I really enjoyed, I, I think this next year I'm going to walk around and just have fun again because I didn't really have to worry about, uh, bringing a bunch of stuff or cramming. I just continued working on orders, whatever I had going on. And I made a few pieces to bring to the show. And, uh, I still had exhibitor badges from other people. So technically I was, I had a table, but (laughs) not really, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. That's the way to go, man. That, that, that would be fantastic. I'd love to, uh, get with somebody and help out with their table maybe next year and just kind of, get in because that was the other thing is like I, I was talking to other people who had kind of done a similar thing and they're like oh yeah we we came in early and we were able to snag some of this sweet koa and we got to see some of these cool knives before they got sold and like all this other stuff and i'm like man i feel like i missed out like i i want to do that don't get me wrong i still got some cool pieces of koa and stuff but uh yeah, yeah. getting in early would be uh pretty ideal who yeah, was it, it was a difference was it brigham that wore a fitbit a pedometer. Uh-huh. Somebody wore a Fitbit, and it was like eleven miles they walked over the course of the weekend around <laughs> well, those we two rooms. More than that, uh, I was we say, walked, that's easy. Uh, we walked four and a half miles a day. 
Dang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for three that, days, was, so. that was at a minimum, you know, it was a minimum four and a half miles. So, yeah, I mean, we, we easily surpassed that for sure. Uh, but the thing is, Atlanta is so much bigger than what Texas is. So, um, or, or Utah, you know, Utah, you can walk around the first half a day and pretty much talk to everybody and see everything. So, Atlanta is so much bigger. Yeah, it takes three days to see everything. (laughs) If you want to actually look at everything, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. I'd say I probably saw about half of what was there. I don't think I actually even made it around the whole thing. I... Cause I kept, I, you know, I kept kind of going back to the, the things that I wanted to see and I, I, I never actually made it around to everything. Um, cause it was, man, it was overwhelming. There's so much stuff there when, you know, I've, uh, Brian house has mentioned a couple times how, you know, blade show Atlanta specifically is such an incredible marketplace and there's millions of dollars that are, you know, exchanging hands at this, you know, this immense venue of commerce. And, you know, I listened to that, you know, I'd never been before. And I'm like, that, that's got to be hyperbole, you know? And then I went there and I'm like, no, no, that wasn't hyperbole at all. And I told him that when I was at the show, I'm like, this is beyond what I could have thought, you know? And a lot of people don't realize, or I guess I, I didn't realize because I hadn't been there, the immense amount of different industries that are there. I mean, we're not talking about just people like, you know, us three who hand make knives and stuff. There's all the guys um, who are machine made knives that are very high quality. I'm not, I'm not downing machine made knives here. Uh, and all the other, you know, supporting industries, like, I mean, and even some different styles of art as well that were there. And it was just an incredible variety of stuff for sure. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unreal. Uh, that was one of the things that, you know, my wife never understood about it. I said, you know, it's not just about, selling knives it's about connecting with people and people putting a face with the with the name and and being able to actually pick your knife up in in hand and meet you and you know you're meeting people that you would n- never meet online you know no. or made not even know you exist before then so yeah. you know it's huge it's a huge marketing experience to be able to do that for sure. So I want to get back to the, I just keep being distracted by the wall behind you there. So what, <laughs> let's just, I'm obsessed. Okay. I apologize. Uh, what, uh, what would you say is uh, like your favorite style of handle material? Like what's your favorite type of like wood or composite or something like that? Okay. Uh, Ancient walrus ivory is probably my top favorite. Um, wood. I'm a huge cottonwood fan. Mm. Uh, I love cottonwood, all kinds of different cottonwood. Uh, I love quilted maple. Um, something I'm really starting to enjoy is uh, birch, birch burl. Uh, it's got some really ridiculous uh, depth and shatoyance to it, and it's really tough, too. Um, I mean, I've got rosewood, ironwood. Buckeye, there's a bunch of cottonwood and mix. Uh, Huon pine, yellow cedar burl. I, I'm a Huon pine. I've never yellow seen, cedar I've never burl is beautiful. So 
after the show, if you look at the the last cleaver that I just got done doing, the orange it's an orange handle. Yeah, that's one that. pine. Yeah, it's it's oh. phenomenal. So it's out of right. it's at, I like Blackwood. Uh, Huon Pines out of Tasmania, just like Blackwood is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like a lot of their woods. They have some really killer stuff, for sure. Yeah, um, we've got some listeners that are really into the Australian type of woods, and oh, yeah. give me no end of crap about my love of koa, and claiming that their their style of woods are superior because of you know whatever ring ringed gigi is apparently the best wood in the entire world and i've never even touched it i have some ring gigi it's nice uh it can be extremely nice i'd say that uh for me the mid-grade koa is about equal uh obviously i'm sure there's other pieces that i haven't seen but the stuff i've seen is about like that and yeah. I'm pretty obsessed. Uh, we actually, <laughs> you know, probably sourced and bought uh, probably six to eight hundred blocks that, and got sent off to get stabilized ourselves. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, because the thing about it is I love a lot of the wood suppliers, you know, but sometimes they only have one of those blocks that you like. And so I don't like to just have one in that one color. I want to have multiples. That way I don't feel bad about using that one block because you get that customer that says, holy crap, I really like that block. Can I have that on my handle? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) I don't have any more of that. So That was a one-off piece. Yep. I've got several blocks that aren't getting used because it's the only one I have. And I'm like, oh, it's just so beautiful. (laughs) Like, I don't want to not have it. Yeah, like that I, block uh, of koa I bought from Blade. I, I haven't touched it. I keep wanting to, and I'm like, oh, but I might need it for something better in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Uh, I have an order. I have a, <laughs> a customer that loves koa about as much as we do, and uh, it's he just bought a chef in it, uh, and he's got six steak knives and two different size pairing knives that he ordered in it. And so they'll all be matching with a little bit larger compression curl Koa. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's some of my favorite. I used to like the real, real uh, almost jewelry grade tight curl, but something about the big rolling compression curl really starting to get me. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. That, that compression curl is, is, I would say the compression curl Koa with like a really cool, like, like a dark coloration is my absolute favorite wood on the planet. I I love it so much. It's hard to beat. I mean, it, it really, it really pairs with everything, you know? I mean, I don't know of any type of steel or blade that I had, I've got that I wouldn't put that on. So, and that's, and that's kind of rare. I mean, a lot of people, you know, uh, that aren't knife makers might not realize, but like, you can't just put anything with anything. And I've had people, you know, customers who are like, Oh, Hey, I really like this block. And we've already discussed the pattern. And I, I tell them, I'm like, that pattern is going to compete with the way that this handle looks. You, you can't really do that. It doesn't match. You know, we need to come up with something that's a little bit different so that they complement each other. You can't have these two competing patterns 
in a blade. And, um, you know, once you kind of explain that to them and just kind of like, you know, hold things up and just kind of show them how this is going to play with it, they kind of understand after the fact. Um, yeah, I 100% really agree important. with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, probably, well, a lot of the stuff I use is uh, from Baker Forge now, but, um, you know, they're only half my wood wall, you know, they can't see, but probably that half is what I suggest. I don't take a picture of the other half because it's greens and blues. I mean, the red's fine, but I don't like greens and blues and some other stuff with my Baker steel. I just don't like the way it looks together. And so the, all the naturals and the blacks and the warm colors, like the oranges and yeah, the, in my opinion, I think those look the best. So, well, especially when you're talking about a, a blade that has like some copper or bronze or something in it, you're, you you have to pay attention to the colors and making sure that those match up and don't clash. Yeah, you want it to flow. Yeah, I mean it's it's gotta it's gotta match up. It's you know if it doesn't, it looks stupid almost. You know? <laughs> so tacky. Yeah, it does. Tacky. It does. That's the right word. Yeah. 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 Like retro back in the sixties where everything was like crazy shapes and colors and <laughs> Yeah. 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 That's absolutely true. Completely agree. Well, hey, let's um let's talk a little bit about what everybody's about got going on this week. Ryan, what do you uh what do you got going on in the shop? I'm working on two Santucos. One's an order and then one is for fun. That's the order. It's a big one. Nice. Was that cottonwood on there? It's uh, blue, silver maple, and then white G10, uh, canvas micarta. My brain's not working. White G10, and then a stainless guard. Nice. Oh, cool. And then this one we were talking about before the show. This one doesn't have a home yet, but it's Micah Dunn made me three chef knife, paring knife, integral billets. I am so jealous. Uh, so six total. And then he threw in a twist Damascus and I decided to play with that. And so I made it into a Santuco, but I got to sand it again. Got a little decarb on the spine. Yeah. That would be about the, my favorite thing to do would be integrals. It's like, I'm a stock removal guy, right? So I don't fool. I don't, I don't do anything. So integrals are something that i am so jealous of so when i when i'm able to get some oh i i, I want to go nuts these are know? my first ones so yeah, i've never a lot done of fun. one before they're a lot a lot of fun uh i actually was working on uh a couple of mosaic chefs uh and when i got done sanding the blocks well I messed up the first handle, which doesn't happen very often, but it does. It happens. And I, I found another block that from the outside looked like it matched. And uh, it, uh, after I sanded the second one, it was way more gray. And so this is mm. a, a Bill Poor mosaic that, I'm, that I was working on. But I got to get another handle. It's nice to have another stock removal guy on. You yeah. should do this more often. <laughs> and, the, and and then uh, oh jeez, the next the blade I've been working on, I have it's a twelve inch buoy, 
in some of the Baker, uh, we call it the OG Riptide. It's the very, very first Riptide. Uh, so it's the Damascus with the copper and then dark the 1084 shim and Damascus mm-hmm. cladding. Can we and, talk about your carving technique when? Yeah, when but we can talk about it. I, I, I uh, so I learned this uh, four years ago from Spencer Applin. Mm-hmm. And so it's all freehand with rotary tools. So um, I still grind just like everybody else, but everything else is uh, freehand ground and all completely cleaned up with rotary tools. So, so you, s- you set in the full width bevels all the way to the spine and then carve wherever it out. I Yeah, wherever I decide to lay them in it, but yeah. So even the flat bevels below the carving, those are all put in with a rotary tool? Uh, no, you know everything else is just recessed down. So I still grind my bevels with my 2 by 72 And then I spend an hour or two just figuring out how I want to design the rest of it. And uh, everything else gets essentially stock removal down, lowered, lowered down. So you say so. you grind your bevels like everyone else, but I've seen a couple of videos and you actually have some sort of like a, a platen that kind of goes where the rest of us would have like slack a belt. slack belt. And so you're grinding kind of above almost in, yeah, is it so, in reverse. Yeah, it's in reverse. So uh, when I learned how to do the blade carving from him, I actually was just went there to learn how to do hidden things. I didn't care at the time. I didn't care about the carving and he grinds on a two by 42. Okay. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know. And it's just horizontal. Well, me, I was used to hollow grinding or flat grinding vertically, you know? And so I was dumbfounded and, uh, he explained how to do it. And I started doing it within a couple of minutes. I thought, shit, this is really easy. You know, it's super simple. You're not having to hold anything. You could almost, you know, on a sub eight inch blade, I can grind one handed, you know, because there's really no pressure. You're just letting the belt grind. And so I adapted that at home as much as I could because uh, most of mine don't aren't completely flat like that. So uh, one of the grinders I have uh, is a, a Crooks custom and it's got a platen it's got another attachment he calls it a super platen and so it's it does have a platen where the slack belt would normally be and i just run it in reverse and uh do that it's it's uh a lot more controllable so if you're doing varied pitch uh or doing anything like that and it's to me you're not having to bend your neck over looking down at it you're just sitting normal, sitting up and watching it grind. And it doesn't seem to have build up quite as much heat either because you're not really putting pressure on it as much as you would vertically to hold it in, in that position. So, so you're kind of using like the weight of the blade, just kind of resting it on the belt yeah. almost. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's hmm. uh, it's way different. It's, it's way, way different. Now, I mean, if I, I still, rarely do like uh some hollow ground edc stuff for my buddies around here that like their work knives and i grind those normal but 
yeah, most of this stuff I grind, I flat grind on there. So yeah, it, uh, and then I sit to grind. I don't stand. Do you really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started doing that after about six months. Uh, I had talked to quite a few people, uh, Marshall Hall. I don't know if y'all know him. He makes some phenomenal, uh, hollow ground stuff, all completely freehand. And, uh, those guys all were sitting down and I thought that's pretty interesting because, you know, I mean, if you're grinding more than one blade, you know, you standing on your feet for hours on end, grinding 10 or 15 blades, pretty soon you start rocking back and forth and your legs are getting tired, or your feet are getting tired or whatever. And grinding, sitting down, even normal, you know, uh, vertically grinding, I grind all day long like that with, without having any issue at all, not even being tired. So, yeah, it was a huge difference. And, you and, have like and there's a lot more control that way too, I noticed, you know, because it completely took out your bottom half. So, you know, if your your legs are moving or your hips are moving just a little bit, now all that's completely centered where you're sitting down and all you're worrying about is your upper body. That's really interesting. So we actually kind of on the last episode, we're talking about kind of like a sitting down grinding thing, but I feel like in a, in a standard scenario you wouldn't have quite the leverage but do you have like an adjustable stool or something that you're doing for this or i actually how... just have like an office chair but i really? i i i lower my bench is like uh my bench that my grinders are on i think that's two foot off the ground oh I think okay. is, so it's a little is bit where it is so it's low uh but <clears throat> essentially you can even when i hollow grind you know, when I sit, all I have to do is just roll right up to the wheel and where my arms are the most comfortable is just below center on that contact wheel. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really easy. I'll shoot you some hmm. pictures. Right on. That's very cool, man. That's such a different, uh, different technique than uh, I've seen a lot of guys of that grind different. Like, I mean, even Mareko Hill, he grinds, but and he, I think he inverts his platen. Mm-hmm. Some he kind of sits underneath it almost. Yeah, or at least he used to. I don't know if he still does. Yeah, I've but. seen that too. I've seen a lot of people grind a lot of different ways, but uh, it's kind of just a mix of whatever you know works for you. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm a stander with my face right in the fucking top wheel of the platen. Yeah, probably not good, but well, my hat's taking some hits in the front. <laughs> I've yeah, done that I've, until I got my respirator and and uh, it never really worked that well for me after that. So, oh, what do you have I a forced air respirator? Yeah, so I, I have want a th- one. I have a three M Papper. Uh, I bought probably uh, two and a half to three years ago, and I just wore normal cartridge res- respirators, and you know as well as I do, they don't seal around a beard, you know, you constantly have, you know, <laughs> blowing who knows what out, you know, and I had a bunch of like, uh, sinus problems end up having to have surgery on it. And I decided I was sick and tired of it. And a good buddy of mine had one and he said, man, it's the best money I've spent. 
So there ain't no way that's the best money you spend. I mean, it's like twelve or fourteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not cheap. And he basically talked me into it. He said, "I forget I have it on." And so I, I told the wife. I said, "Well, I'm gonna buy this." And she thought I was pretty nuts too. But I mean, literally, after you get used to it on on your head, it doesn't fog. It's you know blowing nice cool air on your face, and the the screen is so or the the lens is so clear. I literally will forget I have it on. I wear it the whole time I'm in the shop, and I don't blow anything out of my nose anymore. I'm you know, it's just. I don't get little specks of metal under my glasses, you know, that shoot under, you know, yeah, stick exactly. in your eye or whatever. Abrasive, all that stuff. And it's, if you can, like, if you have a normal cartridge respirator on, if you can taste it or smell it, you're breathing it in. It's, you know, it's getting through. And, you know, we got beards, man. I mean, well, yeah, they filter out a little bit. That was bit, the nice but... thing about the, the, the Papper was, you know, it's got an elastic band that goes around your neck and so it actually holds down and yeah i've been pretty impressed with it uh i actually just recently bought some more lenses because i had mine all scratched up and replaced the lenses and uh just like brand new again was there a whole lot of um is there a whole lot of like maintenance costs associated with them like lenses batteries no me and me and me and Coy Baker were talking about that the other day, you know, because he was thinking about getting some for his guys that are constantly grinding, you know, and I've had it for three years and the only thing I've replaced is those uh, lenses and the filter. I think I've replaced twice. I just blow the filter out, you know, and it works pretty good. The filter's like 30 or 40 bucks. So, I mean, if you wanted to replace it every few months, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, it's the I, same as the big cartridge filters at 30 yeah. bucks. And I almost, uh, well, I did ruin my battery. That was my fault, not its fault. But, uh, yeah, I left my, I went somewhere and left the charger for the battery. And when I bought another one, I something about the new charger that I got, it screwed it all up. So... I had to buy hard one of the, those, but other than that, you know, it's How been, hard are the lenses to replace? They're pretty easy. It takes me about five minutes. It just uh, has a couple little push tabs that you push up and just slides right out. Slide a new one in, peel the stuff off. Uh, it's been pretty nice. I, Honestly, uh, that's kind of... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's kind of the one thing that's kind of been th- keeping me from seriously thinking about it is... I buy probably five pairs of safety glasses at a time because I scratch the crap out of them just constantly. And as soon as they get scratched up, I don't want to wear them anymore. You know, I need to be able to clearly see the work that I'm that I'm doing. And it just pisses me off to no end to be looking through foggy glasses. And so as soon as they start to get scratched, I throw them away and I grab a new pair out of the drawer. So that way there's no reason for me not I'm always wearing safety glasses as soon as I walk into the shop because I value my vision very highly um, but uh, I, I just as soon as they get scratched up I throw them away and I put a new pair on and so well, it kind of occurred to me that you just have a trouble doing that you know yeah I think I think them. you just touched on that you know it's when it's fogging up you're wiping them off you're scratching them while you're wiping them you know mm. 
you're, you're whether you and then you're setting them down and when you're setting them down it's messing them up some too you know uh yeah i think that and that that was one of the things the the big things about that was it never fogs up at all you know and that was huge for me because i was used to being able to grind and then i must i sweat a lot so that i'm in you know down here in texas it's hot <laughs> Yeah. You know, and so even in the shop, I have air conditioner on this side that kind of pushes to the other. But, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Uh, I don't know if it was the best purchase I've made, but it's up there. It, it, I mean, health related. Yeah, it was definitely the best purchase I've made for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I need to get one. I want one. And I'll be and building what... my grinding room soon. So I'm like figuring out bench height because i i kind of like where my my house housemate is right now it's at like 32 inches off the floor which right. puts the platen like right at my belly um but i get gout and sometimes i can't stand for like days at a time like recently so sitting down is an appealing thing to me you should try that and you know uh who is that that has those adjustable tables uh I think Husky carries them, and they they're adjustable up to like a foot in height. Wow! And so you know, I don't know if they go low enough to be able to sit, but you know, you could, for really cheap, you could set your grinder on something, you know, at at that height, and see if you even like it. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, it was it was a big deal for me for sure. Uh. Just, you know, I mean, it, it's exhausting. You know, you're tired enough as it is trying to work as long as you can and efficient as possible, you know, and that boosted everything for me a lot. So I'm a notorious sloucher, too. So it's I have the worst posture. <laughs> I almost have a hump. Well, I, I we already uh, we already plugged our, our boys at Ameribraid, but uh, I have one of their grinder stands, and that thing has almost a foot of adjustment in height that you can do it with, um, and that is a phenomenal stand. Like I I get that like when when you're thinking about like the cost of a grinder and everything, the cost of their stand is not small. Like it's a it's a fairly expensive thing to just put your put your grinder on. But the reason that I got it is because I needed a place to put my accessories and i'm not gonna lie that was the main reason was because my accessories were just all over the place and they made this stand where you could just put everything right in the stand you do get like it gets a little bit dirty you know like somebody like you got all your grinder dust right there but for the most part everything stays pretty clean because i can keep you know, the, you know, I have my, the surface grinder from them. I just keep that kind of on the back side. It stays clean enough. And that was the biggest thing was, man, trying to, that surface grinder is fairly heavy. Um, so trying to find a safe place to store that and, and all that. So that, uh, that grinder stand was a huge deal for me and being able to put that grinder exactly at the level that I wanted it was pretty awesome. I got to say. Yeah, that's pretty huge. Cause I mean, even, like with the bench tops, the bench that I have, it does nothing but collect metal dust, you know. And so it would be nice to have different stands, but I, ha I, 
I've had it set up that way for so long and I need to add another bench for my, well, I have another grinder coming or in, in the other room, but I have some VFDs that I need to send off too. So yeah, it makes a huge difference. You know, being comfortable while you work is huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really hard to be precise while you're grinding if you're thinking about your back hurting or your feet hurting or, you know, you need to be like laser focused. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I know if I, if I start screwing up, if I start making stupid mistakes, it's time to stop. I'm like, man, it's just going to keep getting worse. Yeah. You're starting to get tired. Your, you know, your hands and your, you know, everything ab- about what you're doing is, is different. It makes yeah. total sense. Noah, you want to hear from uh, a sponsor and then we'll play a game. Sounds great, man. That's, Let's do it. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off and... Tell them we sent you, eh? Hey. Thanks, Luke. Hey. And not this last week, but the week before, we were talking about those. Oh, geez. Now it's completely gone out of my brain. The structured abrasives that um, VSM makes that aren't kind of, they're not slotted like the gator belts are. Uh, Illumeron. Brian, Illumeron. Thank you. Oh, I've seen Christmas. Those. So, uh, Lawrence carries those at Maritime Knife Supply. So, uh, I've been playing around with the one that I think I just have one grit because I just kind of wanted to try it out. I'm definitely going to be buying more grits. Uh, it's a very interesting abrasive. It's, it's almost unlike anything else I've ever used. Ryan, have you used those before? No, not yet. I plan on it though. You know me, I like structured abrasives. It's super interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially, if you think about just like a normal belt, but with a softer backing and way more abrasive on the belt, like we're talking like maybe a 16th to an eighth of an inch of abrasive, just kind of built up on the belt and it runs super smooth. It doesn't chatter. And it it's um, on their website. They say that it, it cuts and polishes at the same time. And that's kind of a good way to describe what it does. And if you if somebody that does belt finishes, it's really good. If it's if you're somebody that wants to really set up your bevels really well before hand sanding, it's perfect for that. I went straight from 120 to I think it's a 320 that I have my belt on, and I was ready to hand sand, and it was just flawless. Um, just that's pretty uh, awesome. Really. It's it's just a lovely finish. I don't know. There's something about it. It's it's so dissimilar from other abrasives, and so I do highly recommend those. Um, and shout out to uh, the guy whose name escapes me, and he's going to give me shit for not remembering <laughs> his Lake. name. No. I'm looking right now to no, see what there have. was. Somebody who turned me on to these, and I uh, forgot to say his name last time I talked about these belts, and I can't. It's going to drive me nuts. I, I can see his face. I can see his face in my head right now. So I'm sorry. Is he Anyways, ugly? No, he's, he's a great looking guy. He's, he's got, you know, and, and he has the most amazing chicken coops I've ever seen in my life. His wife, uh, like, put together these uh, 
these chicken coops. It looks like a Western town for these uh, these chicken coops. It's phenomenal. That's cool. A Rue Blade Works. There Aru, we go. There we go. <laughs> Jason Moss. Jason Moss. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I'm just on Lawrence's website, Maritime Knife Supply, for everybody. And the Illumeron belts, they range from 240 grit up to 1200. So it's a finishing belt. Wow. And they're 896 US a piece. That's and you get bad. one free if you buy 10. Yeah, I was always, always used to the Gator belts. Yeah, that's what I use almost exclusively. I've used uh, the Actorox belts, which are the uh, Norton equivalent. And they cut better. Like they cut, they have a sharper cut, but they don't last as long. So it's it's like, uh, what do you want? Do you want the belt to last forever? Do you want your work to be faster. So it's a balance you got to choose. And I believe they're about the same price. Not to correct um, you here, Ryan, but the actor rocks are the blue ceramic 36 only. Um, what did I say? Actor rocks. Actor rocks are those, the super, super high whoopee, um, 36 grit ceramics and the Norton there's, it's like a UL something number. That's not like a, not like a name that's easy to remember for the Norton. Norax. Ones, but... I meant Norax. Norax. I didn't mean Actorox. My bad. Norton Norax. There you go. The Norax. Yeah, oh, those are great too. Yeah. I like those as well. And Lawrence carries those too. Those things yes. are, they're similar to a Gator belt. Um, I've been told that they actually have ceramic abrasives in the, in the structured part. And they just have a much stiffer backing than the Gator belts do. So you just kind of have to be aware of, you know, pick your belt for your process, you know, and they're both refreshable with the diamond stone. So you, mm-hmm. you get a lot of life out of them. Then uh, that's why I love structured abrasives, because if you're, if you go like high grit ceramic zirconia, you know, all of them, AO, uh, they're pretty much single use past 220. You know, you get like one use out of them, especially 400 and above it's, it's single use. So the structured abrasives, you can use them over and over again. That's one of the things I always liked about the Trizac belts because I was getting to where I'd get 30 to 40 knives out of each belt. Yeah, Yeah, instead of one. Instead of one. But, I mean, they're also made to run fast. Oh, that's a... a, uh, Maybe I'm looking at the wrong one. Oh, a Lumeron. I see. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting looking. It's 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 very interesting when you hold it in your hand too. It's different, but uh, it it gives a really it, it's a it's a weird combination between cutting and polishing. It 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 works though. I mean, Ryan, with that. all this abrasive talk, do we want to just go ahead and shout out our uh, our other sponsor since we're talking about Gator belts and everything? Yeah, our abrasive sponsor. Yeah, let's do that. Might as well get it out of the way. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact Gator belts that the hosts of Hustle & Grind use every day. day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. There you go, guys. So that's where to get all those gator belts we've been talking about and uh, all the all the VSM uh, ceramics that I use, which are the it's called the red Ferrari on the Phoenix Abrasive website. That's how I start all my blades is with that uh, 36 grit. It's how I clean up all of my billets between uh, between 
forge welds, stick one of them 36 grit ceramics on my uh, surface grinder attachment. And it works really well for that. And I can use my worn out 36 grit belts. If something's not really cutting a bevel very well anymore, stick that thing on the surface grinder and it cleans that, uh, cleans that forge weld surface up really nicely on that surface grinder. So Phoenix abrasives use that 10% off code. Red Ferraris are my go-to 36 also. Yeah. They're a great. You gotta belt, be man. careful with the 36, man. I've had a lot of them explode on me and it is yeah. not fun. When you got a three horsepower going full blast with a seven inch wheel. You know, that's the other really nice thing about that uh, respirator. I've had, in the last three years, I've had two 36-grit belts explode. And you know as well as I do. I mean, if you're blocking or trying to keep keep it from hitting you. I mean, I didn't even flinch. It, it hit me right across the face, or it would have been the face. So right across the head headpiece of that. I thought... Hell, that would have hurt really bad. <laughs> that would have hurt really bad if I didn't have this on. If you so. float back through my Instagram about a year ago, there's a big puddle of blood on the floor of my shop because one caught me right in the face, right in the head. Turned into what Brian House refers to as a slapping machine. Yeah. And it, the first the first slap knocked my hat off, and then the second follow-up slap split me open on the top of my head. Fucking boom. Turn, turns out gas struts aren't the way to go. I had a gas strut for my tensioner and uh, ever, ever since I changed it out, I haven't had a single belt break. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of gas struts either. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, you want to play a little bit of uh, where in the world is Florida, man? Yeah. You want me to play us in? Play us in. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to play. Where? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Everybody knows that the greatest headlines come out of Florida, but there's been some contenders lately, so it's your job to guess whether these stories came truly from Florida or from somewhere else in the world. Jordan, are you familiar with this game at all? No. Okay, so you're you're familiar with the classic Florida Man headline, right? It, it starts off with the words Florida Man, and then after that is some of the weirdest shit you've ever heard in your life, right? Right. So... Places like Ohio, Australia, sometimes Oregon, uh, rival Florida man for their ridiculousness. Sometimes Texas, too. Let's let's be honest. Uh, so this is a game we play. I got three uh, news stories in front of me. All three of them are absolutely real. They really happened. But it's your job, Ryan's job, and all the listeners at home to guess whether this was really a Florida man story or if it happened somewhere else in the world. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's go. Yes. All right. We begin. Man throws bottle at bartender for turning on Christmas music. A man was arrested after allegedly throwing a beer bottle at a bartender who changed the bar's music from Black Sabbath to Christmas tunes. Police responded just before 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve to the bar, where patrons said an allegedly intoxicated Christopher Gam. Gambeck? Gamboek? Mm. Anyways, became upset about the change in music. Police say he chugged a bottle of beer and slammed it down on the counter after swearing at the bartender, according to the release. He then threw the beer bottle in the direction of the bartender's head. Other patrons stepped in to keep him from going behind the bar as he allegedly circled it with his fists clenched. 
His uncle eventually got him to the door, but before he left, he grabbed a Christmas tree, pulled it to the ground, and broke several ornaments. Do wow. you believe that this was a Florida man incident? No. Or from somewhere else? I don't either. That's I really like, like that's uh, a California man incident. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Is that your final answer? All right. Well, the people of Wisconsin are going to be pretty offended that you thought that that happened in California because that was <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Florida, though. Uh, shout out to the abstract blacksmith and David Burke, who both sent that one into me this week. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have massive Lego collection worth over $200,000 uncovered in police drug lab raid. A mountain of Lego found in a suburban drug raid is so large, the police are going to need a truck to seize it. The 1,130 boxes worth more than $200,000 were discovered Tuesday alongside a meth lab and boxes of gemstones at a house in the city's suburban fringe. Police say there are so many of the plastic building blocks that a truck will be needed to transport it. Do you believe that this Lego enthusiast meth lab operator was a Florida man or not? I don't know, yes. but I, I, I think uh, they know value when they see it because, as a parent, Legos are fucking expensive. Yes, I feel bad now as an adult for all the Legos I made my mom buy me as a kid. They are expensive. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, I'll go. Yeah, Florida, because it mentioned meth. that was exactly why i thought it too (laughs) all right you're both going florida on this one yeah all right well i apologize but that was melbourne australia damn it (laughs) wow and brian i knew that i would get you because it was a meth lab (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right last one we've got uh a man cited for booty patrol truck uh, his, his resemblance to a border patrol vehicle. A driver was issued a citation when sheriff's deputies determined his truck labeled booty patrol too closely resembled a border patrol vehicle. The county sheriff's <laughs> office said that the white Chevy Silverado, which bears a green stripe on the side and the words booty patrol on the back had been spotted in several counties. The driver was cited under a law banning vehicles from having red and white or sorry, red and blue lights that too closely resemble the lights in law enforcement vehicles. Comments under underneath the sheriff's office Facebook post indicate the truck is a quote show vehicle and the lights were only ever used in the filming of a music video and not on a public roads. Do you believe that the booty patrol officer was from Florida or somewhere else? No. I've heard that there are a lot of ladies with thong bikinis on in Florida. I've never been there to confirm though. I just, just heard that, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'll go Florida, just so one of us gets it right. <laughs> Jordan, you're sticking with not Florida on that one? Yeah, it's not Florida. I think it's somewhere, one of the border towns. Maybe something border in Mexico. Oh, that's a good gotcha. point. Why would they need border patrol at, in Florida? I don't know, maybe because of all the ports? Maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't maybe. Know. I think he's telling us that it is, it is a Florida story. Yeah, it's definitely a Florida story. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's a Florida one. Uh, again, sent in by multiple people. That one was sent to me by Brad Troxclair of Troxclair Custom Cutlery. 
and Brian Hunt of Hidden Rose Forge. So thank you, gentlemen, for uh, your contributions to the show. Keep it up. I've been getting some great stories, except for one of you. One of you violated the rules. Say his name. Uh, uh, I can't even remember who it was. Hang on. Hang on. Let me find it. I got to out this person. We we have strict rules. You know, no sodomy, no uh, no incest. Uh, no you gross know, things shit, like people. That. Yeah. Uh, ugly duck knives. You've been on the show before, man. You know the rules. Come on. <laughs> That's no Reese weird, McVicker. No weird sex stuff. All right. Maybe maybe in an after show. We did have an after show last week where we just went ahead and just let loose with some of the, you know, you can you can have some weird sex stuff where it's still kind of funny. And we read a couple of those in the after show last week. Uh, this one was just a little uh, over the top, like people putting funny things in their butt and then having to go to the hospital. That's that's OK. Only send them to Noah. <laughs> yes, that is one thing you guys do need to remember. You know, in theory, you'd send this to the Hustle and Grind uh, Instagram page, but uh, I I handle the I handle the the stupid games that we play. So just go ahead and send those all to me, any at River Forge on Instagram. Yeah, I can't. And I'll get I, them on the show. You can't tell me ahead of time because then how am I going to participate in the game if I already know the answers? <laughs> so we try and keep it realistic around here. Absolutely. We don't tell lies. Nope. We must never tell lies. Speaking of patrons, should we read out our patrons? Oh my gosh, we were going to read out the patrons. I forgot about that. Ooh, and then Ryan, remind me, I needed to talk about um, my website after that because I had a lot of feedback on that one. Okay. But let's read the patrons. What do you mean? Oh, that thing I was talking about, I talked about in the after show with the... the the website and the things. Oh, Oh, all right. We got 49 patrons. Do we really? Holy crap. We haven't read these out in a while. (laughs) We haven't read them out in a while. We got a new one, a couple new ones. One of them is uh, our good buddy. So I'll start here. From newest to oldest, we got Wade Plumlee, Greg Knuckles, Micah Dunn, Major Lee Hung. Apparently, these guys have been uh, <laughs> taking what Honor and Toby do on the Fire and Steel podcast and extending it to us. Chaz Belongi, <laughs> Brian House. Major Lee Hung. Yeah, that is not Brian House, by the way. Just Brad at Brad's Customs. David Burke, Donovan Shelton, CJ Miller, Bob Gore, Reese McVicker, James Buck, Brian House again. Matt Baldwin at Baldwin Blades, Brent Dignam, Amerablades, Travis Haynes, that's Bird Forge, Colin Hayworth of Hayworth Handmade, Jeremy Ballaball at 419 Forging, Wood by Moeller, oh, I love my cursor moved, Alexander Sloat at Devlin Floor Forge, Brian Hunt of Hidden Rose Forge, Will from Maine, B. Cone of B. Cone Knives and the Work For It podcast. Jared Weaver at Weaver's Custom Metalworks, or the, his Instagram is Master of Metal Manipulation. Maximus Knives, Ira Housework, Chris Magnus at Timber Tiger Forge, Darren at Stormlight Forge, Bremner Built Knives, Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations, Jared at Echo Blades, Brian Henningkamp, Crafty Man Forge, Brian House, Driver Defense Knives, Maritime Knife Supply, Zachary Sowell, 
Troxclair Custom Cutlery. What the fuck? Iya's a tiny prick. Honor is still a wanker. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, you guys? Uh, Todd Harrington at TH Blades. That was Dennis Tyrell, by the way. What? Yeah. (laughs) Bexarmory.com. 118 Blades. All you need to know is what he wrote. Mark LeBlanc. Our short fat friend, Brigham Kendall, Aru Blade Works, KnifeMaterial.at, and Max, oh my god, Mike Oxmall. That's Donnie Dulovich. You sons All of right. bitches. Somebody, well, uh, I, I actually went through these the other day, and one of these was, they changed it, luckily. Because it was like super not going to get read out on the show. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I saw it and I was like, what the fuck? It was knifematerial.at. He's, he's got a dark sense of humor. <laughs> so uh, if anybody has no idea why all of these names aren't necessarily the, the names of the people that they belong to, y- you need to go listen to the Fire and Steel podcast. Uh, they, they have started a thing where they will insult all of their patrons and me being one of them we've been changing our names to interesting interesting things to try and mess with uh, honor specifically uh so if you don't know who honor and toby are go listen to the fire and steel podcast and it's a it's a unique listen so uh i highly recommend it it's the they're uk hustling of- grind i mean they're just doing what we do pretty much so yeah we- they've yeah. Yep. But with weird accents, you know. Yeah. Limeys I mean, there. honor's the cool one. And let much less guns. I don't know. It seems like. Absolutely. You know, They're in the Stone I, I, Age. I, Fucking bows and arrows. What are you doing? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> much less guns. Oh, over there, like, <laughs> over there threatening to come over here and knock my house down. And it's like, well, what? given the number. Yeah. Uh, okay. Given the number of. <laughs> Given the number of guns that I have and the number that you don't have, I'm thinking mm, pretty unlikely. So there's a reason why we've never been invaded. It is a reason. Yes. My wife was like, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I said, "Guess." She goes, "I got <laughs> like, two of them, actually." Thank you very much, Jordan. You're from uh, you're from Texas, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So you you know what we're talking about. I mean, oh it's, yeah. I bet you've got quite the buffet. Got a, I've got a, a good amount for sure. <laughs> a, a healthy a healthy amount. But yeah, that's all that normal. needs that's all that needs to be said on a public platform like this. We know <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. For sure. Fair enough. All right. Well, hey, thank you to all of our patrons. We love you. I'm sorry that we haven't read your names out in a while. Uh and it's you know, shoot, I think last time we read them out, I mean, we had like 30 something. So uh, the fact that we've got almost 50 now is phenomenal. So thank you guys all so much for your support and helping us do what we do, which is just try and have interesting conversations and throw in a couple of fun uh, stories here and or games here and there to uh, keep you all entertained. So uh, we really appreciate that. Ryan, was there anything else that we wanted to uh, ask Jordan on the main show before we go over to an after show? Because we're already an hour in, dude. This is flown by i think i want to i i want to talk about something on the after show and i want to talk about what we touched on before we started recording 
with how you avoid decarb and your etching process and all of that, because it it was very different from anything I've ever heard. That was the first time anybody had dropped that. Mm. And I was like, interesting. So Um, that's actually a really good teaser because, uh, what people don't know, or the listeners of the main show probably, is that we save some of the good stuff for the after show. You know, like some of like the interesting like things that you wouldn't normally, you know, tidbits of information that are going to help you in your making. Uh, a lot of times, especially, you know, like last week when we were talking to Mareko, there was some good stuff in the after show that that people who listen to the main show don't get. So uh, if you're on the fence about becoming a patron, of ours, you should uh, keep that in mind because when you do become a patron, you actually get all the past after shows. You can go back and listen to anything. Um, But speaking of that value, I wanted to bring up something that I talked about on the after show. And I apologize, Jordan. I feel like I'm just droning on here and we haven't talked to you enough. No, you're fine. Um, Go right in. So I spoke in the after show a little while ago about how I have my website set up because I see these guys and they're talking about their websites paying for their websites to be built. And then most of them have some sort of a monthly fee to keep their website up and running. It's somewhere between 10 and $50 a month to Mine's have their 34. website running. Yours is 34. Jordan, you have a Mine's pretty nice bucks. website. Yeah. 30 bucks a month. So if any of you guys have followed me and you, I got my website pinned in my, um, uh, bio. So you can go to whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you can take a look at my website. Go do that right now. Look at my website. It's not the greatest website in the world, but I want you to know that it is 100% free. I pay $0 for that that website. I paid $0 to have it put up, and I pay $0 a month for it to continue to exist. And that is because when I first got into this, I looked into the different hosting platforms and stuff, and I found Square. So if you've ever like bought something from a small business and they have like a little card reader that's either on their phone or they have like the little handheld ones and it's just got that little square logo. I'm not talking about square space, I'm talking about square. If you go to the website, I think it's squareup.com. And when you sign up for square, just the base plan is free. All, all it costs you is they take their normal fees out like you do on any regular website, even one that you pay for, they're going to charge you a credit card processing fee. And it's usually somewhere around 2.5, 2.6% plus 30 or 60 cents, depending on the type of card used. And that's how I pay for my website. It is only through the fees when I sell something. What I am able to do with my website is it gives you a free website builder powered by Weebly and it gives you a number of different um, like uh, templates and you go through and you, ch- you pick your template, what you want your website to look like. I'm very stupid. Um, and I was able to create a website very easily. I think I made it in between a half an hour and an hour while I had some downtime at work. Like I didn't even do this at home. I didn't even like sit down and like get the coffee and like, you know, like really think about it hard. Like this is just something that I did for like in between some other stuff. So, if I can do it and I'm very stupid, I think that most of you people who are rather intelligent can probably figure this thing out. I know a lot of people are computer illiterate these days and and all that. They make it extremely easy to be able to pick out a template, pick your colors, write in whatever you want. It's a super easy way to go. And when you sign up for Square, you just they send you one of those card readers. So you plug it into your phone, whether you got an Android or an Apple 
Uh, it plugs right into your phone. You can swipe people's cards. Something that's come out recently is they have the tap feature. I don't know about y'all, but I hate swiping or like sticking the card in. So the tap feature, I use that everywhere I go. And now I can use that on my phone. Somebody wants to come over to my shop and pick up an order, tap their card right on my phone. Done. I don't even have to have the reader. I just tap it right on the screen of my phone and I can take a payment and it goes right into my square account. And then it transfers right over to my bank account or also for the same, that same basic plan, you can have a square savings account. You can have a square checking account. So you can do all of your business through that account. The other big thing is that people talk about uh, difficulty communicating with customers, um, whether it's through DMs, things like that. I have the ability to create and send invoices and contracts. So I have a contract. Whenever somebody wants to make, make an order from me, I take a half upfront deposit. I send them a contract. They have to, this is why it got brought up is because we were talking about people not realizing, you know, what carbon steel is. Well, when they order a knife from me, one of the things that they have to check on the contract is I have gone to your website and I have read the care instructions for carbon steel and I understand that carbon steel is not stainless steel like I would normally buy. And I am comfortable with caring for a carbon steel knife. And they have to individually check all these boxes. You know, I'm not responsible if you cut yourself. I'm not responsible if you misuse this knife and break it. All these other things that they have to check off and manually initial so they know exactly what's going on. And this is all free for me to create. It goes into, I can attach an invoice to this contract. I can do whatever. And this is all free. I only have to pay a fee when somebody buys something, when they you use a transaction, you get that same credit card transaction fee that you would already get if you were paying for a service already. They ought so, to pay us at this point. I mean, that's pretty huge. Yeah. I mean, maybe we, I mean yeah. get as, we can get them as a sponsor, I bet. I mean, all that's pretty pretty awesome because, I mean, right now I use Shopify. Mm-hmm. And so I do, you know, I built my website through there. I do all my invoicing through there. Um, all my shipping discounts go through there. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah I use um, Wix. It's meh. It's, yeah. it's okay. It works. But yeah, I mean... For me, even if you didn't have, uh, like I know some guys that use like stamps.com or um, pirate ship or whatever, but uh, through my Shopify, I get massive discounts from uh, USPS, UPS, DHL. Mm. Uh, I mean, I could send a knife in two, for in two days to Germany. For 40, oh, wow. 50, 40, 50 bucks. Well, and that's that's actually another good point that I forgot to bring up. When you sign up for Square, you get a Shippo account. There you um, go. And you get massive discounts on shipping. So I ship everything USPS, and I print the labels right from my home computer. I slap that on, on the thing. You you put in all of your stuff, and you can do that. You, you used to have to go to the Shippo account, which was linked, but now you can print labels directly. Like the other day, I had somebody order a knife from me. I clicked on their order 
on my webpage that has all of my stuff on there, has all their customer information. It has their, their address, their phone number, their email, all the stuff that you need. If you want to put like insurance on a, on a package, it's all saved in there when they make a purchase and all you hit is create shipping label. And right from your website where you have all the control over everything, boom, it's right there. It's done. Um, quickly, I wanted to shout out uh, Colin Hayworth from Hayworth Handmade. He listened to that after show where I talked about it. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. He already has a crazy good looking website that he created all himself. And he did this all for free too. So if you don't, you know, if you want to look at my website, you can uh, look at uh, Collins Hayworth handmade. He's got the exact same thing that I have. The one thing that I will say is with the free, uh, the free version of it, you don't get a .com unless you've already purchased your domain name. So for instance, mine is any at riverforge.square.site. So unless I purchase the domain name or I use like the, I think it's, I think the, I think it's only like 10 bucks a month if you wanted to do the paid subscription and you do get some, some benefits from that. But so far, I mean, I'm a pretty low volume maker. I don't sell enough on a monthly basis. You know, I might sell two knives one month, none the next month. And then, you know, I'll, I mean, I take forever to get my orders out just because I have a full-time job. So anyways, that works really well for me. And um, yeah, it worked really well for Colin. And so I was super happy to hear that feedback from him, that it helped him out. And That's hopefully awesome. it uh, helps some other guys out as well. Um, before we wrap this up, I wanted to bring up some milestones <clears throat> because the show has had some milestones in this last month. And the first milestone is October was the best month this show has ever had as far as download goes. It beat the previous month by 600 downloads and the month before that by 1,000. Um, our last three episodes have all beat themselves in first day downloads, um, if that made sense. Not including the Samurai Challenge episode, I'm talking regular episodes. Um, but the last three episodes have all beat the first day record. Um, I also went back, it's been two years, Mareko, oh, I went on a tangent. Mareko's episode was, oh, the one year anniversary of our first episode as the hosts. It's been two years since my first episode as a guest. And I've now officially done more episodes on the show than the original host. We've been doing this for a year now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so. that's great. Well, thank you all, all of you, uh, all you guys that, are, that have been listening. Um, that feels really great to hear that uh, our show's getting out to more people, and we really appreciate you guys listening. And I hope we're bring in the appropriate level of entertainment and value of different things that we're talking about on here. And I know that our guests are really the, the drivers of that. You know, we, we try and play some silly games and we try and have conversations with people. But in the end, I mean, it's the guests, it's people like Jordan who come on here and, and are able to, you know, bring some, some knowledge and hopefully some helpful tips and tricks and stuff that uh, people are able to use and, you know, really help them in their shops. You know, that's, that's what the goal is. No, it's a reinforcement for me as well that we are on the right path. Uh, Noah and I have a lot of conversations in private about the show. And if if we think we're doing what we should be to grow and things like that. And then when I go back in and look at the numbers and I see that we've had nothing but growth over the last year, it makes me really, 
really happy. So yeah, I appreciate all of you. Um, we, it may not seem like it, but doing these every week is exhausting and it, it does take a lot of work. And, um, now I do two shows and that's just fucking stupid. What am I doing? <laughs> but the other one's not work though. I mean, we just sit around and talk shit about MMA fighters and movies. And all right. Well, hey, sorry. Thank you guys all so much for listening. And uh, we're going to go over to an after show. We got a couple of uh, more detailed questions. We're going to get Jordan back in the conversation here and uh, talk a little bit about etching and uh, one or two other processes. So if you guys are interested in that, join us over on the after show. And we really appreciate all you guys listening. And thanks again to all of our patrons. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Jordan, thanks, thanks Jordan. so much for coming on, man. Absolutely. This has been fun. Bye.